The views and opinions expressed on this podcast are those of Kevin Jordan or his guests. These gardening tips and suggestions may work for you, as well as those from alternative sources. When using any garden products or tools, read and follow all label directions. And learn how to make your yard summer strong at BeWaterSmart.info. The Green Acres Garden Podcast is the podcast dedicated to helping gardeners hone their growing skills while we celebrate our love of plants. So whether you're new to growing or a seasoned gardener, you're sure to learn something new. Join the fun as we have conversations with world-class growers, passionate green thumbs, and professional garden experts from Green Acres Nursery and Supply. Listen every week. We'll answer questions you didn't know you had. Well, all right, it's time to get it on and garden on, friends. Welcome, everybody, to the show. This is the Green Acres Garden Podcast. If you love plants, then you found the right place. I'm your host, Kevin Jordan, your perennial pal, back in studio, uh, with his uh, fresh off his adventures in Vegas, Austin Blank. How's it going (laughs) there, Austin? Hello, Kevin, and welcome back to the show. All of you green thumbs out there, that is right. I did just take an adventure, and I'm back safe and sound, and we had a blast. So, all good things. And I'm told everything has to stay there. Apparently, uh, yes. Okay, we'll leave it there then. Okay. <laughs> no, uh, glad to have you back, bud. Uh, so, Austin, we got a fun one for you this week. Yeah. Uh, we're talking grasses, ornamental grasses. Um, what if I said I had a plant for you that brings texture, structure, uh, movement, sound, uh, can provide seasonal interest even in winter time, uh, low maintenance, durable. Can even you can even use it for privacy. Uh, you can use it to reduce soil erosion. Uh, it has all these benefits and, and more. Uh, Sign me one up. of the very best is that it creates uh, amazing habitat for beneficials. What would you say? I would say bring it on. That sounds like a great plant. Well, I have a category of plants that one could say are graceful, elegant, beautiful, <laughs> intriguing, right? And I'm talking about ornamental grasses, my friends. So ornamental grasses, we're going to go over them this week. Uh, we've got a great guest, our, our producer, Greg Gayton. Um, so knowledgeable, a uh, person I look up to and admire his knowledge uh, so much. And so I'm going to uh, have a great sit down with him. We're going to have a really fun talk about uh, just the joy of utilizing uh, ornamental grasses in the landscape, how easy they are. And like I said, there's so many benefits and ways to utilize them and a lot of cool uh, and interesting varieties to kind of uh, talk about. So it's going to be a fun week. I totally agree. And you brought up a lot of great points about how great grasses are. And I can tell you're passionate about it. I love and them. Greg is passionate about it. You even brought up that they make noise. Oh, yeah. I don't know if you could hear that. I just uh, shook one at the mic. Absolutely. And... Uh, but also, I just am thrilled to give Greg more airtime because we meet with Greg all the time. Every week, you and I get together with Greg and we interview people, we do stuff, But and he's such a passionate green thumb. It's so good to give him um, a little more chance to shine in the light of the show. So you and I were kind of like a couple of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Austin. Uh, if we were, he would be our splinter. Um, it, Wait, what's Splinter? I, I'm sorry, I don't know the the reference. That's that their well. se- Splinter is the sensei oh, okay. to the teenage mutant. Okay, well, let me another route. Um, Karate Kid. He is Perfect. he is our Mr. Miyagi. Love it. Love okay. it. Totally agree. So we've got we've got our Miyagi on our Mr. Miyagi, our, our our sensei, so to speak. Just like I said, someone I look up to. Greg has so much experience. Um, it, when you go into a store and you you hope someone's there to have some answers for you for your problems, uh, plant related. Greg is the person that you hope you run into because Absolutely. he not only knows it, but he's he's loves it. And he's, he's really kind of he's one of those people that gets a lot of joy out of helping people. And so it's really cool when you can mix that with having a really 
uh, slick um, knowledge base that he's grown over the years. And so we are going to pick his brain and kind of go through it. Ornamental grasses, like I mentioned, they have so many benefits. Uh, the drawbacks are very limited and few, if none. And, and it's really going to be one of those landscape plants that I think people um, who, if you've used them already, you already know. And if you haven't, you're about to find out. Oh, I totally agree. All right, so this is an exciting topic. Let's go ahead and jump into our interview with Greg, our producer, our beloved guy, um, from behind the scenes, back in the spotlight. Back Here in we the go. saddle again, baby. Here we go. This is our time talking ornamental grasses with the one and only producer Greg. Here we go. Hey, what's going on, Greg? How are you? I am doing extremely well, Kevin. How about you? I'm doing great. So this week, I'm hoping to learn a little bit about grasses, ornamental grasses specifically. I was hoping you could uh, tell me a little bit about the differences maybe between ornamental grasses and maybe our old school traditional turf grasses. Well, what we really want to talk about is ornamental grasses. So put your lawnmower away. <laughs> okay, yeah. and, my, and my hose. Yeah, um, what these are is they're grasses that are, are low maintenance grasses that usually are like clump-like or have like brilliant seed heads on them oh, yeah. um, that aren't invasive, um, that just add contrast and color and form to your landscape. Um, they can be yellow, um, they can be red, um, they can be all different colors, they can all be different shapes and sizes, but the great thing about them is that they're low maintenance and they just add another dimension and diversity to your art. Back when I started, I know everybody's gonna roll their eyes back, but you know, 45 years ago when I started as a nursery professional here in Sacramento, people would come into the nursery and they go, they pick up a box or a bag of the fertilizer and it had a picture of a beautiful bluegrass lawn. And that's what everybody aspired to. And you know, it, it's cool. If you want a bluegrass lawn, that's great. But you know, times have changed. We've had 10 years of drought. We've had dry seasons. We're finding out that grasses actually offer a diversity of planting in the yard. The yards become more interesting. Um, you know, they're, they're more drought tolerant because they have deep roots. Um, you can fix up really interesting places or hard to plant places like hills, you know, grasses lined up on hills will stop erosion. Um, well, they have really deep roots compared have, to a lot of their plants that were been growing. Exactly, and they love the heat. There's so many grasses now. When I started back 45 years ago and everybody's looking for that lawn, there was like five grasses. There was pampas grass, there was mondo grass, there was liriop um, and fescue. That was about it. Now we have so many cool grasses and plus some of the native grasses like deer grass are out and they make, they just bring diversity to a landscape. Um, they do extremely well here. Um, you know, they actually offer forage. You know, we talk about pollinators and beneficials, but they actually at, create a habitat for wildlife and pollinators in the wintertime. Um, you know, they, they provide a place for them to rest and there's a source of food. So there's so many benefits to having grasses. And th those alone, I, I think, are definitely worth uh, considering planting, just the benefit to the wildlife and all the pollinators and creatures. Uh, we lo I love that. It's fun to be able to give them something that they can eat, you know, rest in, nest in, uh, and I always see some great activity uh, in and around my, my ornamental grasses. Now, now, maybe you'll agree with me, but one thing I really love personally is that I feel like with ornamental grasses, they do something that not all plants can do. Um, they move and they make sound, and I love that about some of the ornamental grasses, that you get that breeze going, 
They start kind of uh, waving to you a little bit. You hear the rustling in those leaves. And um, they, it's something special. They bring a peaceful calm to the environment. You know, grasses look like natural uh, habitat that you're bringing to your yard, but they bring a calming feeling, like the Carl Forster Calamagrastis. Oh yeah, I was, I was uh, admiring those. You know, earlier. and right now they're just blooming. You know, it's it's we're just about ready to go into September, but they're blooming. They look with the Delta breezes at night. They just bring this calming influence, and they're great because they grow tall. So if you want to hide something like a background, they grow tall enough to hide. You know, or or pre or actually. Just have a nice wall of soothing grasses in your yard. Well, you can use them in so many different ways. Uh, full sun, in the shade. Um, I noticed some one that you said some get really tall and create, create some nice verticality and you know and vertical screens. But some kind of get really short and then they're just grown for other purposes. Yeah. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, like the Penicetum, the Hamlin, which is the bunny grass, which is blooming right now. You know, maybe two, three feet tall. Um, loves the full sun, does extremely well here. And that's one of the things I didn't um, say about one of the great things about grasses is low maintenance. There's very low maintenance to it. You know, if you uh, put out a yard with a lot of different grasses in it, you're going to have a very low maintenance uh, landscape. Well, that's what I love about them too, especially at this time of the year. Maybe some of our listeners have had some success in the garden, but sometimes I know I've lost a plant or two this summer just to th the heat, not being able to get you know watered to them a little bit uh, as much as I could. With my ornamental grasses, they can take that abuse. At least I've noticed once they're rooted in and they're established, they tend to uh, fare a little better in those environmental swings. What say you, Greg? Oh yeah, most definitely. They love the heat, and you know it's not just. Um, to California, but you see a lot of ornamental grasses in places like Arizona and, uh, you know, Texas and different areas where they, you know, even in the desert of California, Palm Springs and that, they use extensive amount of grasses. So they're going to they're gonna tolerate this 100, 110 degree heat with no problem at all. In fact, they shine. Yeah, they do really well. And I think they're at their best too when they're, work, when they're working in combination with some of those other perennials that we like planting in our garden, all those flowering perennials, you know, the black-eyed Susans and your, your, your penstemon and whatnot, all those things that are popping for color for most of the season, those are starting to fade a little bit. Which nice, I feel like as some of that, some of that sub, summer color begins to fade, all the your ornamental grasses, grasses they start shining and kicking, yeah. yeah. So you have that transition from the beautiful perennials that are growing, but then again, asters are starting to kick in right now and a lot of things. So you can have color throughout the year, but those grasses actually, you're right, it builds like a background or a foundation for the planting. And it's, and you know, what's really cool is you can sit back, look at your yard and put in a couple of grasses and you know, whether it's informal or formal, like a, for like, for example, a border of low-growing grasses, like a fescues or mondo grass, you know, there's grasses for shade, there's grasses for sun. Um, you know, if you have an area like underneath a tree, you can use it for a ground cover, nice, neat, low maintenance. Grasses are fantastic. I love it. And it seems that they're also like low feeders. You don't really hear people a lot going out there and just dousing them with fertilizer each and every season to really get the best results. They, they tend to do pretty well with, with little input. They thrive on neglect. They're sort of like a feral cat. Just sort of plant them <laughs> and let them alone. They'll do extremely well. When it comes to actually um, you know, taking care of them, um, right now I feel like is an ideal time to plant. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Sure, you know, and we're getting into fall. 
So um, the nights are getting cooler. So it's perfect time to plant. You know, actually into the fall, later fall is still a, a perfect time. But now you can see all the seed heads. I was up. just going to say that. You know, like this, like uh, grandma uh, grass, which is so unique. It just has um, a look to it that is almost. Is that like, this one right here? Yeah, it looks. Um, you know, it looks like a work of art in your yard. And you know, it really what's does. really cool about these grasses, you can line like a walkway or put them nestled next to a rock. Add a little bit of night lighting to it. You've got a, a beautiful um, structure during the daytime, and um, at night it just looks amazing. You know, it's a native to the United States. Um, very, very, very drought tolerant. Heat loves the heat. The hotter it gets, the more profuse the seed heads go. And what? And a lot of the grasses now, most nurseries carry grasses that aren't invasive. You know, like the old days, pampas grass was invasive. You don't want to plant that in your yard. Oh yeah, uh, those feathery plumes just exactly. go crazy with so seeds. So a lot of these grasses, you know, you put them in there. They're there for the duration they're not going to be in your neighbor's yard uh, they're going to just fill out really nice and a lot of people look at grasses and they think oh you know i don't want to put grasses in because it's going to look sort of messy in that but actually grasses if you line them up for example they look tight uh, and the formal grass you can make it look very formal yeah like underneath a japanese maple put some uh, as a ground cover use mondo grass and or the dwarf mondo grass and it will look beautiful and fill out. Actually over here in off of Howe Avenue, um, there is like a little hill in front, it's Howen University, and they have like just whole rows of like Lamandra, which is a mat rush. They have it stacked really nice. And then below that, they have another type of Lamandra. Then they have uh, a coarse grass. They have different grasses in there. And what it does is it looks nice and neat. It keeps the soil from erosion. They don't have to do hardly any maintenance. And uh, it's a head turner. If you go by there, you look at it, the grasses look so nice. You see butterflies running around. Around the area, um, you know, there's so many. You know, you, it, grasses don't have to look natural or messy. They can actually look very formal too. Yeah, and well kept. I yes. love that. And they often do. I just saw, I saw a landscape today, and all of the uh, Carl Forrester was starting to bloom, and they were all kind of clustered up and in, in linear because they're in a parking lot bed, and they. Compared to all the beds in the area, it looked like it was the one you want to stare at because it was so beautiful. Those little reeds are coming up. Those those seed pods, those seed heads are just collecting and starting to mature. And it looked it looked really good, especially the contrast because the seed heads are kind of golden brown, and then the you know the foliage is a little bit deeper green. So it, yeah, it adds year-round interest. That's something that's and it's like a sculpture. If you go by there, it looks like a work of art. That's a really nice way to, uh, to describe it. Now, you brought up Lamandra just a bit ago. Um, so we've been talking about a lot of different grasses, many of which have been uh, ones that are kind of herbaceous perennials. So uh, they, they live year to year to year, but we they do kind of die back to a degree, and then they come back uh, in spring. Are there any that we can have that are just going to look good 24-7, 365, that are going to be evergreen? Lamandra is one of them. Lamandra will look really good year-round. You know, I can, during the 
you know, last March when it just rained every day, the Lamondra looked fantastic out there. That's a native of Australia, but it does really well in our climate. And, you know, there's, um, you know, the Acorus Ogon looks great year-round. That needs a little bit of afternoon shade, but it looks striking with a bright color, uh, bright yellow um, foliage on it. Um, you know, there's, uh, there is a... A chorus grass or acorus, however you want to pronounce it. There's one that smells like licorice if you break the leaves off. A chorus some... licorice? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so there's there's all kinds of stuff. There's chondropetalum that looks good year round. Well, what's what's this variegated lamandra that you had brought in to, okay. to show off? I'm yeah. really curious. This one is really cool. It's a plat. It's called Platinum Beauty. Um, it. You never have to do anything to it. You just plant it in the ground. Sold. <laughs> you plant it in the ground. Um, it has variegated foliage to it. Yeah. Um, it'll take full sun. It'll take partial shade. Um, and it just looks nice and kept. Of course, you want to look at the size of the grass when it grows because you'll never have to prune it if you place it in the right spot. Don't place it too close to like a walkway or, or whatever, but it looks fantastic. A lot of, like I was saying earlier, a lot of people are taking their lawns out and they don't know what to do. Um, and grasses are a good way to put in a very drought-tolerant landscape that looks good year-round. And Lamandra is one of those that, you know, I, I like um, I was saying earlier, like people are planting plants and just dropping them from the sky. But if you put like a, a nestle of a like a line of Lamandra, put some Carl Forster in the background, that you've got a a really interesting um, landscape. And Throw down some carapia. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> All kinds of stuff. I, I'm like a kid in a candy store. There's so many cool things that are coming around, but grasses are unique and just bring so much diversity of plants into the landscape that, you know, there's, there's, there's a grass for everybody. Absolutely, and almost for every situation, too. Yes. You, you can see them uh, look really good. You've, you've taught me the way of... Uh, Filler, thriller, spiller. Can, are there any grasses you think that would look good in that situation of it oh, being God. one of those in that equation? Oh, sure. Um, I've seen actually Lamandra as a thriller. Um, I've seen some of the, um, like the penstemons, uh, you know, the, the bunny grasses as a thriller. It just depends on the pot, but grasses make extremely awesome um container plantings so you can do that and what's really cool is so you use that as the thriller then you can put something different texture around the base and you have just a really cool focal point like um, you know like maybe even um, the the gray dichondra over the side or put in like even a geranium around the side. You, you, this, the sky's the limit. You can have a lot of fun with these guys. I, you can tell I really like grasses. It's just, you know, when I, when I see a customer walk into the nursery and they're not undecided, they bring in a picture, you know, and they, they've taken out their lawn or they have an area like a side of a hill and they just can't figure out what to grow, grasses are really good opportunity. It just adds something to the area. You've got a grass for every, every space. And um, well, and you know, a lot of people um, will take their lawn out, you know, because they get these offers from water districts and that, you know, to get rebates and all that. And, you know, 
it's a lot harder than they find out if you haven't had any experience. So what I tell people is start with a, you know, if you're going to take everything out, start with a small area and work into that. Bring in uh, photos and, or drawings of your yard and let us help you design it as well. But um, like I said, gra you, grasses can work in a formal situation or they can work in an informal situation. They're low maintenance. A lot of people want low maintenance. They tolerate, like I said, the drought and the heat. Uh, most of them do. Um, it's a win-win-win thing. And plus, it's sort of the new landscape. It's the new California landscape. You know, we used, like I said, back in the 70s, people wanted everybody's yard to look like look the same. On the bag. Yeah, on the bag of the fertilizer, you know, that nice green lawn. But we're finding out now that's not the way to go. You can cut your water consumption, you know, just by leaps and hurdles or whatever you well, want to say. Well, less water, about. less time spent, and you st I feel like you get more out of it. Your you landscape get, provides a lot more. It's very interesting, and you're providing the nature to your yard, but you know, drive around town, you see a lot of landscapes now that are turning into gr with grasses, and it just adds that finishing touch that looks so great. There's a, a neighbor up the street, I go on these walks with my, my wife and child, and we pass, they have just have three pink muley grasses, and they're beautiful, and they're, they're, they're mature, and they're mounted, and when they bloom, these blossoms come up, the sunlight comes through them, and it's just, it's gorgeous. It's absolutely beautiful seeing them. And it's very simple. I've, I've never seen that person out in that landscape. It's, you know what I mean? I feel like if, if only you want something that's just easy and will look good, that can be enough benefit. Now, one thing I'm gonna throw this to you, Greg. Uh, one thing I've noticed that I kind of like about him, and maybe this is um, bad on me for being a, a gardener who likes this benefit, or, or actually maybe one who needs this benefit, is uh, when they get mature, I've noticed that, um, they kind of suppress the weeds that would maybe normally be growing in a certain area. So once I can get an area under control, get a few uh, grasses in there, like I said, my Lamandra is doing the same thing. Um, they just grows, it's spread, it's now clumped out a little bit. And I noticed that area, I'm not in there on hands and knees, you know, pulling out uh, like I would if it was maybe a few other varieties that I may have chosen. They solve a lot of problems by planting these in here. It's like they are perfect for our environment but they just add so much flair to your yard. Um, and if you have less weeds, that's, that's definitely a plus. Less Be weeds is because good. Because you're not watering as much, so you're not um, you know, watering those weed seeds to pop up. Um, you know, that's, that's one of the reasons why you don't have a lot of weeds around them. And you know, still put mulch around them because they'll benefit from that, but that'll help suppress the weeds. But like you know, we were saying, they don't need as much water. And when you curtail the water, you don't get as many weed problems popping up. Yeah, where the water flows, the weeds tend to grow. Yes. For sure. Now, at what point, because um, I really like propagating, and so one of my favorite things is to grow plants that, that do our clumpers, um, although I'm, I'm a bit of a clumper myself. You can see right here, I've been eating a lot. Um, but some plants are clumpers, and so I, I like being able to get in there years later and kind of divide those clumps out and grow more. Uh, have you done that at all? What are your, what are your thoughts well, on that? You know, my thoughts on that are great because Actually, we can add other plants to the list that people don't even think about grasses, like iris, for example, Pacific Coast iris. Um, that's a grassy type, um, very low water need plant. You can cut and divide those out. Um, there's um, 
Fortnite lily, Morea iridoides, which oh, has yeah. the beautiful stalks that come out with white flowers with purple on them. You can divide those up. Yeah, you can divide. You go out and have a lot of fun with that. There's so many plants. What I would suggest people to do is come into the nursery and walk around and see, and then go to places like the WPA garden where it has grasses, or look around, walk around your neighborhood. People are getting more and more in, into growing grasses, but it's a win-win-win situation. If you look at everything that has to do with grasses, it's it's great. And then there's other things that look like grasses too, like society garlic. Uh, I can just name a few. Do we have? We could probably do five podcasts uh, on different things, like uh, nephophia, the red hot. Oh, poker, don't get me started. Which looks Beautiful. like a grass and brings in hummingbirds into the yard. There are so many cool things, and they use less water, like like less weeds, because we're not we're not feeding the the. Weed seeds, um, they just bring interest into the yard. You can have an informal or formal. Um, there's just so much. You know, we've had we've had guests on here like Roberta Walker, who uses a lot of grasses. Carrie Carrie Reed, who uses a lot of grasses. They're, they're, it's just a win-win-win situation. And and you know, I can't stress this enough for people who have really like hills that they don't know what to plant. Grasses are great for people who took their lawns out and then just threw their hands up and put some plants in there. Um, hey, you can read, like what Ruby Andrews said, you can always read, edit. edit your yard, put some grasses in, see how it looks. Um, you'd be amazed at what it can do. And you're like you were talking earlier about perennials, playing around them, put some night lighting in there. Grasses are going, grasses are here to save the day. Yeah. Superhero of the garden. Well, Greg, I mean, come on, man. It doesn't get any better than talking plants with you, bud. I'm always honored and pleasured to do it. You are just, you're just absolutely fun to talk with. Well, we, you know, hey, um, I love being on here. I love helping get the show going. And, um, you know, come on in and check out the grasses. Well, there you go. You heard it from, from Greg himself. Come in and check out the grasses. All right, we are back. Big thank you to Greg. Thanks for sitting down with us and sharing your love for grasses. Now, Kevin, I want to go to you. What grasses have you planted before? Like, what what is your experience with, with well, ornamental grasses? We've grown the 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 deer grass, the Molenbergia. Okay. It has been fantastic for us. Uh, I brought up the pink muley grass in our interview. I planted that a bit. I've seen in others' landscapes. That one just really pops and looks super cool when it blooms. So I like the ones like that. Um, Penicetums, the fountain grass, have been good for me. Uh, he brought up Lamandra, uh, which is like an evergreen variety. And that one we grew. Uh, actually, my one of my other mentors, Eric Plog, yes. <laughs> uh, he taught me about that. He's like, here, try this. I threw it around an area that was um, around around like a sewer gray. It didn't look so great. You know, it didn't look so great. Um, and we covered it. And they, they grew over it. Now you don't notice it. And these, these plants are just they're flush and they're lush and they look really good. What are the the – sometimes I see like a – Deep, dark, like purple-looking grass. Which one is that one? That's the purple fountain grass. You're purple probably, fountain yeah. grass. I really like that. I think that's a, that's a penicetum, I'm pretty sure. And uh, they, they grow, like I said, those are ones that are fun to watch kind of reemerge. It's like magic. You, they get cut back late in the winter. Then you watch them like reemerge in the spring. It's like watch. You know what's going to happen, hopefully, if the plants help. And when it does, it still brings you joy and surprises you. And then you get to watch it, you know, just get bigger and thicker and healthier through the summer. Starts to bloom again. And then... You get to enjoy those. Uh, it's really cool. Those that are really is pretty. Neat. I didn't realize that was even part of the game with grasses is the the re-blooming of it like that. I thought it was just kind of, 
uh, static. For the ones that are herbaceous, for sure. So uh, some of them are evergreen. Those ones, you only have to clip out old dead growth. You really don't need to go crazy on them. But the herbaceous ones that will go dormant, you, you let them hold those seeds as long as you can, typically, so that wildlife can enjoy them. And then at late in the season, you, you cut them back, and then boom, as soon as it warms up in spring, like I said, the, you, the magic begins. And a fountain, I think a lot of these grasses we mentioned, a fountain is a p- perfect way to describe the way they grow. Uh, you're going to have plants that are just going to just fountain and just explode out of the it soil erupts. with eruptions of just little thin leaves, all different color, colors and styles, but... They all have that in common. They all kind of erupt out of the soil. Some are more vertical and erect. Some are going to cascade and offer more flow. Uh, It's really cool uh, to, I think, utilize them as just an element in your landscape. There's a lot of different ways that I think people can be creative uh, with ornamental grasses. And that's the hope for this week is just get out there, you know, look at them a little bit. There's some that are going to like could really complement, I think, all of our gardens, mine included. That's so cool that there's there's basically what I'm hearing is there's a grass for every situation. And Sun, shade, yeah. That's awesome. All and they, they do so much and they're very well rounded and rugged. There's so many benefits. Thank you so much, Kevin, for sharing, you know, and for Greg for being a guest again. Uh, you guys are the best. This is a rock solid team. I We're love doing you guys. It. <laughs> and um, thanks for sharing the love of grass. I oh, hope everyone gets into it. It's my pleasure. And that's what I'm here for. Uh, grasses, I think. Anyone who takes anything away, just they look great and they're super easy to cultivate and grow. So if you if you like that, if you like plants that are easy to grow, yes, ornamental grasses <laughs> are a definite choice and consideration. All right. Well, that is time for this week. Kevin, go ahead and take us out. Oh, well, there we go. The clock ticks. Well, I had a great time this week. I want to thank you, Austin, for another great edit. And we have an amazing guest in Greg Gayton. Thank you, Greg. Of course, we'll, we'll have you back on anytime. But for me, i got to get back in the garden. It's been fantastic. I've been loving these cooler nights. Um, I feel like there's the, the horizon, Austin. It's I can see it. There's there's a new new age coming, and it's called autumn. It's fall. Yes. Cooler weather. I'm looking towards it. i got a bunch of seeds planted. We'll, we'll go into that. But uh, until then, i got to get back in the garden. I hope you all garden for love, garden for joy, garden for life. And until next week, my name is Kevin Jordan, wishing you a wonderful week out in the garden and beyond. Happy gardening to you all, and of course, please never stop growing.